This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. She'll lift you up and empower you to help your child and your family thrive. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Hello, my tribe. Welcome to this next episode of the Parenting ADHD Podcast. I am super excited to talk with you in this episode about how we can say yes. So when our kids come to us and they ask questions and we tend to say no, right? It's almost instinctual. We're kind of programmed to say no. We think that our kids' requests are always um, somewhat out of the realm of realistic is is one potential reason. Another reason is um, I think that we feel like we need to maintain control over our kids, that somehow parenting is a study in control, controlling the little people, which it absolutely should not be. And that's probably, you know, a discussion for a whole nother episode of the podcast. But what I want you to really think about in this episode is how can you say yes to your child more often. When your kids come to you and ask a question, I want you to pause before answering. Take a minute, take a breath, and really consider what they are asking before you offer an answer, before you say a word at all. Take a minute and consider the request. Then consider, how can I say yes? How can I say yes to what they are asking me? And here's why this is so important. Our kids are already getting the messages that they can't more than anything else in their lives, especially our kids who are going to public school or a private school that's not meant for special needs. You know, they don't fit in these environments. They typically cannot succeed in those environments. So whether anybody is verbally literally saying you can't do this to them or not, that's the message that they're internalizing when they're not having successes. And so our job as parents of kids with ADHD and autism is to find ways to balance that, not even balance it, but find ways for our kids to have more positive, successful experiences than negative experiences. And so we need to find ways to say yes when they ask us questions. They need these wins, even tiny little wins, so much more than we realize and so much more than neurotypical kids do. So here's what happens when we say no all the time. When we say no, kids will stop asking. 
If we are constantly saying no to every request, every question, then they will quit asking us at all. They will stop coming to us for things. That could mean that, you know, they just feel like they are shut down forever and they no longer ask to do things that they would like to do because they know that your answer is going to be no. Or, you know, if we want to take it a step further into kind of the darkness, that could mean that our kids are going to start doing things without our knowledge, without our guidance, without our approval, um, which, of course, could go off the deep end. So we want to really continue to be open to dialogue with our kids open to questions and requests as much as possible. Saying no also limits discussion and problem solving. So there's a few reasons why this is not ideal as well. If we're limiting discussion and problem solving, we are not then um, open and available to teach these skills. Our kids with ADHD, maybe autism, are... um, you know, almost chronically lagging in the skills of problem solving and of kind of this open give and take discussion. And so every time that we're open to having these conversations with our kids, we are then um, giving the opportunity to build those skills, to work on them. And it's just this natural way of working on those skills, right? We're not sitting down and saying, okay, now we're going to work on your problem solving skills and give some sort of lecture. Um, This is, you know, really natural supportive way to kind of scaffold building those skills. So we want them to come to us and ask questions and make requests. And if it's not something that we can just say yes to, we want to then have discussion and to help problem solve and to teach collaboration and to teach, um, you know, being able to compromise. That's another thing that's a real challenge for kids with ADHD is that they usually see things only one way. They're very concrete, literal, black and white thinkers. And so in their mind, they're really only seeing one way for something to play out. That's very, very common for our kids. And when we don't have discussion, when we don't work on how to compromise, how to come up with a solution that works for everyone involved, we are further limiting them being able to um, being able to build that skill as well. And, you know, kids who are very concrete and literal, they feel inflexible and they're very frustrating, right? It's very frustrating when your child gets stuck and they are only seeing one way. And that often leads to emotional hijack, you know, amygdala hijack. And then the frontal lobe is cut off. There's no more logical, rational thinking. And now we're in, you know, outburst and intensity and meltdown mode, potentially, all because 
We didn't figure out how to say yes. We didn't keep the option open to have discussion. That's why this is so important. Another thing about saying no all the time is that it often creates power struggles. And then again, power struggle leads right into that intense emotional outburst and you know these situations that are so painful to us um, and to our kids you know it leads to these um, situations that we're trying to avoid Um, and and we so often we don't realize that simple things like saying no all the time and shutting down any discussion can totally lead to these outbursts that we are trying to avoid. And when you're in a power struggle with your kid, you're both getting more intense. It, it, it never, ever has a happy ending. Power struggles with our kids never have a good ending, a good outcome. So we must avoid them as much as possible. And that's not giving in to our kids. Don't misunderstand me here. We're not giving in to our kids and just saying yes all the time because we want to avoid power struggles. That's not what this discussion is about at all. You still are the parent. You still need to guide your child and keep them safe. Um, you know, impart your wisdom. This is about working together to create um, a world, you know, a family dynamic where your kids can succeed more, where they can be happier, where they can thrive, because so much of their life is pushing in that other direction because they have this neurodevelopmental disorder or potentially more than one neurodevelopmental disorder. So we want to avoid those power struggles. And that's not to say we're just giving all the power to our kids. It's saying that there's a better approach where we don't have to end up in power struggle. So our kids need to feel like they have some control. For one thing, This is teaching the skills of independence, right? We're teaching them how to make decisions, how to make good decisions, how to problem solve, you know, coming right back to everything that I've already talked about so far in this episode. And, you know, I always recommend for parents to start giving kids some control when they are little, you know, five, six years old, it is fine to start giving your child some measure of control. And here's what I mean by that. You are giving them measured choices. You're not giving them free reign to make some wild, crazy choice or decision, right? You're giving them some measured choices. They get to have the final say, but you have outlined everything that is appropriate for them to choose from, basically. So that could be, you know, homework time, Hey, do you want to do your homework right after school or do you want to have a snack first? You know, giving them that choice. Do you want me to help you with your homework or do you want to try to do it on your own? And then we'll get back together and we'll check it and see how you did. Um, Because a lot of kids will say, I want to do it on my own, um, including my own son. And that's just um, a play to 
get done really, really quick and not do a good job and avoid as much as possible. So, you know, you have to have these measured choices based on the child that you have and what, um, you know, what is going to work for them, what parameters you know that you need to stick within. You know, for me in that homework scenario, I know that I can't just say, hey, buddy, go do your homework doesn't work. It won't happen. He'll either really, um, you know, half-ass it and it's, you know, half done. He skipped a bunch and he didn't do anything to the full extent that it was supposed to be done. Or he will go into his room and close the door and avoid it. And it, it doesn't get done at all. It doesn't even get addressed. So, you know, these choices all have to be measured from you based on the child you have and where they are and, you know, knowing them really well. Um, we also can give measured choices in everything day to day, really. You know, let's choose your clothes for school tomorrow morning do you want to wear this shirt or this shirt? Do you want to wear, you know, pants or a skirt? Do you want to wear shorts or pants? Um, you know, you're giving them a choice, but you still have control over what's appropriate. You know, you are giving them a choice between two different shirts that are both appropriate for school and for the weather right? So they still get that feeling of control and feeling of independence and power over what happens to them in their life, but you are still guiding them in those decisions. So this is another way that you can say yes. Um, you know, you can say yes if you choose between these two things, you know? So you're giving that possibility and that control to them that is so powerful for our kids. Um, you know, a lot of times we can't just say yes to a request, but we don't want to say no either because of all the reasons I've just outlined in the last 10 minutes, right? And so we have to find a way to make it a modified yes or a yes with conditions. And here's some ways to do that. First, look to see if you can compromise. Use the collaborative problem-solving approach that Ross Green outlines in his books, The Explosive Child or Raising Human Beings. Um, this is golden. His behavior approach is by far the best I've ever seen, completely turned our lives around. Um, I know that I have talked about Ross Green and his books and his approach many, many times on this podcast, and that's because it really is that powerful for families like ours. So I very much recommend that you follow his behavior approach. And you know, to do that, what you're doing is you're having a conversation with your child. Let me tell you my viewpoint of the situation and what I need. Then you let your child tell you their viewpoint of the situation and what they need and want. And then you work together to find a way that you both get what you need. That's basically his CPS model, very simplified, but that's also the way that we compromise with others, right? And so you're going to take this request, you're going to pause for a minute, you're going to consider it, you're going to ask yourself, how can I say yes 
And then you can say, okay, I want to say yes, but let's talk about a way that this can work for both of us. Then you start that compromise conversation. And again, you are teaching your child to compromise. You're teaching your child to work with others, to be a team player. You're teaching your child that um, what happens for other people is also important too, not just themselves. You know, you're, you're teaching them to think through what their decisions mean for other people also. You know, there's so many skills that can be built here with finding a way to say yes. Another um, way to say yes is to ask yourself how you can accommodate their request so that it can be a yes. Um, and this could be, you know, a variety of different things. So, you know, you're your child may want to go to um, some amusement park or um, a concert with their friends. You know, their friends have invited them to do something that's an environment where you know it's going to end badly, right? Maybe your child is very sensitive to loud, crowded um environments and so they've been invited to go to a concert with a friend and they really want to go with their friends they want to be a part of it they might even be interested in the concert itself but you know and they know deep down that the loud noise and the crowd is really going to be um really challenging for them and may end poorly so how can you accommodate that well, you could do something as simple as headphones um, and, you know, being on alert that they can text you if they need anything. Um, you can say, okay, you can do, you can go to this concert with your friends, but I'm going to be there. I'm not going to sit next to you. You know, I'll be somewhere in the back or a different section, but I want to be there to support you if you need it. That's a yes, but, right? That's a yes, if. And those are great ways to be able to say yes to something. Yes, if I can go with you. Yes, if you promise to text me if you're having a hard time. You know, these are ways that we can find a way to say yes when our kids so desperately need us to. You know, that's the other thing about this discussion is that our kids really need us to find ways to say yes. They need these yeses. They need the wins. They need the positivity in their life. And so when something's going to be hard for them, how can we accommodate? How can we manage the situation so that we are there to support if they need it. And, you know, we say no to so many things because we think it's going to be a bad outcome. We think there's going to be a meltdown. And it's often things that our kids really should be able to do. Um, they just need accommodation. They just need um, some way for us to accommodate their special needs in that kind of neurotypical situation. And so often we avoid, you know, if we know it's going to be painful, why in the world do we want to say yes and do it, right? If we know it's going to be 
horrible, then we want to say no because we want to avoid pain. But the thing is, we can find ways to make it less painful and be able to say yes and not limit our kids. That's what we're really doing when we say no so often as we limit our kids. Now, if your child comes to you and says, you know, I want to go this weekend and jump out of a plane. I want to go skydiving. I can tell you there's no accommodating in the world that's going to make me okay with that. As the parent, I cannot get on board with that. What could we potentially do that's maybe a baby step toward them doing that as an adult? Or, you know, there's just so many ways to think outside the box. And we talked about this with um, Dr. Olivardia about how to think outside the box when we're parenting kids with ADHD or other special needs. And this is where that comes in so much. When we start to consider things outside the box, suddenly we're able to say yes more, right? We are able to then find a way to make it work. And that's what we need. Now, if you have to say no to something, let's talk about what that should look like. You don't want to just give a simple no and no explanation and no other words. You know, that is just shutting your child off. And it's honestly not respectful to them to not at least elaborate on that. And so you want to let them know why. And sometimes our kids, when they hear why we're saying no, they will find a way to find something that you can say yes to you know sometimes they can do that work themselves and figure out how to problem solve but a lot of times we need to guide it and that's why we need to find a way to say yes instead so if you're giving a simple no you've cut your child off from communication. You've given them the message that they shouldn't even bother asking you for something. You've given them the message that their feelings about themselves, what they can handle, what they can succeed at, you know, you're telling them that you don't believe that it's possible, that you don't believe that they could succeed at something that they might think that they can. And You know, our kids are growing and changing. Every day is different with these kids with ADHD or autism. Every single day, something changes. You know, there are things that my son absolutely could not handle at ages, you know, six, eight, or 10, that now at 16 are absolutely not an issue whatsoever. Not even a second thought for us. We would have avoided it years ago. It would have been disastrous. It would have been, you know, monumental meltdown with full amygdala hijack. And now it's not an issue. So you can't let that history um, dictate your answer to every request forever. Because our kids change, because we change, you know, we learn how to better support them as time goes on, right? We are learning more about their truth, who they really are, what their deepest struggles are, how their brain works. And from that knowledge, then we are able to support them better, support them more appropriately and more effectively. And that means we are able to say yes more often. So my challenge for you is this, when your child has a request or a question, do not answer right away. I want you to take a calming breath 
and I want you to think it through. You must ask yourself, how can I say yes? And if your child's impatient and they need an answer, take a breath and say, okay, I want to consider this. Just give me a minute to think about it. And they can stand there while you're thinking about it. Or, you know, you can, if it's, if it's easier for them, you can say, hey, I'm going to come back to you in just a minute. I'll come find you and we'll talk about this and I can give you an answer. Um, and, and then again, you know, here we are teaching yet another lagging skill, impulsivity, making snap decisions, um, making snap um, movements, you know, um, doing things impulsively. When we say no all the time, we are doing that impulsively. We have not even thought about the request, really. We've not even thought about how we could say yes. So that's what you need to do. This is my challenge for you. Take a moment before you answer and ask yourself, how can I say yes? And use these different ideas to find a way to actually say yes. Don't just ask yourself the question and then say no, right? Ask yourself how you can say yes and find a way to do it. It will make a huge difference for your kids, I promise. Huge difference for, difference for your parent-child relationship too. Imagine how much better it's going to be when you're able to work with your child, when you're able to have conversations and discussions and debates about things in a positive way. This is really going to build so many skills for them and it's really going to change that dynamic for the positive. So that's your homework that's what I want you to do. Please go to the show notes for anything that I've referenced here. This is episode 46. So the show notes will be at parentingadhdandautism.com slash 046 for episode 46. And I would love to have some discussion with you with other ideas of how to say yes. They're on the show notes in the comments. Would love to chat more about that um, with everybody here. And, and certainly um, I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. If you connected with this episode, please share it on social media. Be sure to visit parentingadhdandautism.com to join the conversation and take advantage of Penny's online courses and summits, retreats, parent coaching, and fantastic bonus content. 